Konnichiwa from the galaxy to your ears. This is the Nerd Holocron. Welcome to episode 64. I'm your host, Steven Starlord, and... Adrian Phantom. Yes. You just call me Phantom. Phantom Dad. Menace. Oh. <laughs> it's not bad. Anyway, <laughs> happy Father's Day from the Nerd Holocron Studios. Yes. Uh, We're a little late on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was due to technical difficulties yesterday. <laughs> but yes, happy Father's Day, and we're doing some Father's Day related things. Yeah, we are. And we finally got some uh, decoration in the back there. Yes. One so, of my favorite movies. In honor of Father's Day, I looked up some, father, some dad jokes to tell to our resident dad here. And, uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, the first one is, um, I was surprised that my parents divorced because they always described their marriage like Christmas, but then I realized they said that because Christmas only comes once a year. Oh. <laughs> At least it comes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the other one was, I knew I was becoming more like my father when I saw the look of disappointment in my mother's eyes. Whoa! <laughs> Some rough eyes to look at. Oh. Ah. That's why I put your mom's face in the pillow. Ah. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, for what you think about that, guys, we watched two movies. Um, one of them was Jurassic World Dominion, and the other one was the Buzz Lightyear movie. Lightyear. Lightyear, yes. So we're going to start reviewing these movies. When we're going to start with Jurassic World, because that's movie style first. Yes. Uh, Steve, what was you about Jurassic World? <sighs> it was not great. It was really long and boring at points. And it was just like cut up. It's like they took all the best parts or funny little bits they could from all the other movies and they just like put it in this one they're like it's three hours long so you know this is a compilation with new dinosaurs with feathers now because that's a thing Ugh. giant dinosaur chickens yes um like steven said it was very long it was very boring um it was just so and then it wasn't even really about dinosaurs, it was about locusts. And I'm just like, this is the focal point of the movie right <laughs> yeah, now? Right? I was like, okay. And like Steven said, like there was bits from other movies in there, and yeah. if you're a fan of the movies, you're obviously going to know which ones we're talking about. And it's just like, we came here for something new. You know right. what I'm saying? And you're just giving us, you're vomiting up old shit and expecting us to like, be like oh man, that's some great shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> we're not baby birds, bro. Okay, we're not gonna eat it. I didn't pay for it, and I'm grateful that yes. we got to see it. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a good movie. Um, there was one part that really took me out of the movie, and it was the part where they're in that CD underworld scene. Oh, <laughs> it was so fucking disgusting and cheap. It was just so like, this is what a CD underworld looks like, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was at Swap Meet last week. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was it was so fucking bad. They did this a district date, right? We'll do it, just not as good. <laughs> Interesting. That's true. <laughs> it was shit. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I look forward to seeing those movies because it's like a summer blockbuster hit since like Doctor Strange came out earlier this year. We haven't really had like a summer Marvel movie like blow our minds, you know? So I was like, well, this will be cool, dinosaurs, and instead we got. The T-Rex versus Salad Fingers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Blue, the most famous raptor we've seen, not even in the movie, longer than two seconds. And what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was boring, it was lies, uninteresting. And like the big question was like, is this kid the first human half dinosaur? And they're like, oh, is that a thing? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> We're never gonna answer that question. They're just gonna like leave it in limbo. Yeah. Not solve anything. They really didn't solve anything in the movie. Like they just caused a huge ruckus, created Jurassic Park again, basically by like herding them all to the bias and facility, and then they all escaped again. Like, yeah. Like nothing really was accomplished. No one died or anything really boring. Yeah. And 
at the beginning of the movie, they talk about how are humans and dinosaurs going to coexist in this world, and they don't even make that movie. That's just happening. Yeah, right? <laughs> like this is this is the story that you want to watch, mm-hmm. and then here in the middle is a story that you get. Yeah. While all of this is happening, while humans and dinosaurs try and find a way to coexist, you have Owen and and that red-headed lady and the, the original trilogy, three people doing stuff. And then at the end of the movie, they talk about the story that's been happening. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, I think the diagram he's trying to do is like, they got original Jurassic Park people, and then the Jurassic World people, and then all this other bullshit. And then it just shoots out. <laughs> um, if you watched it, and you liked it, let me know what you liked, because I need to know something. Right? Normally it's cool to like, see what new dinosaur they like create or come up with, but it didn't seem... Aside from the one that like dived under the, the ice. Raptor, yeah. yeah. That was like... Uh, and of course they had the T-Rex fight whoever the bad guy was at the end, because the T-Rex is the main character, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> My assumption was like, the dinosaurs would become like the new rulers of people and like they'd wipe out humanity and then years later there'd be a Dr. Hammond dinosaur that like finds a fossil on his <laughs> human finger or something and he's like human bark and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the cycle continues yeah. <laughs> it is yeah, it was just garbage and fuck you Universal for doing this to us speaking of garbage we had light beer I mean light beer Oh, that yeah. Oh, guys. <sighs> if you liked the Lightyear movie, please let me know what, what you liked. What is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> it was a boring piece of shit. It was the most interesting part of the story was that that lesbian story. That's it. <laughs> and it wasn't even that great. It was like, yeah, some lady got pregnant by a guy. Ooh. I'm pretty sure she was artificially inseminated. Ugh. And then she had a like kid. Was. You know, whatever. Anyway, the whole movie, most of the movie is Buzz Lightyear. It's a montage of Buzz Lightyear going into space and coming back and fucking his friend getting older and older and older to the point where she's fucking dead. Right. And then after that, like, the action-adventure part of the story starts. And it's just like... We waited this long for this much action that's not even really action. And then the part that fucked me over the most is that Zerg was just an older Buzz Lightyear from an alternative universe. Right, yeah. Which is something they didn't even explain or anything. I was just like, what? And Stephanie brought this up. It's like, how is that possible when in Toy Story they make it seem like like Zerg and Buzz Lightyear have been arch enemies for years. Right, yeah. Like, you know, and for it just to be like a one day thing and then Zerg is like destroyed or whatever. How does that even make sense, Steven? Uh, my assumption for the movie, it was going to be like Toy Story 2, where it's literally that beginning part where Buzz is in Zerg's face and he's like doing all this cool stuff. Like he's got his laser and he like bounces it off all the crystals and blows up the Zerg bots. Who say, who, I don't even say, I think they say anything. Like in the movie, they're all like, Zerg, and they're like, the fuck, okay. <laughs> and then you find out, like, that's just from the video game. And at the beginning of the movie, it says, this is a movie that Andy saw in 1995 that made him a huge fan of Buzz Lightyear. But none of what happened in the movie would make any child a fan of that toy. They'd be like, what was this boring ass movie I fucking saw? Like, yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I agree. And also, I don't know how to explain this. It's like, okay, Disney already admitted that they want to put more gay and lesbian stuff into movies, especially kids' movies, right? Whatever, that's, that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. But, for me, the... Uh, Hawthorne, Commander Hawthorne, I feel like what was a good character for the yeah. most part. But to me, like knowing what they want to do and knowing that the Star Wars video game, they were just like, oh, the lead character should be a black female. 
you know? To me, it's just like that's one of those things that the ab that character absolutely had to be, knowing everything that I've heard come from Star Wars and Disney, and obviously Disney owns Buzz Lightyear, so it's like, was that a thing? Like, she absolutely had to be black, female, and a lesbian, you know what I mean? It just feels like they were checking stuff off. Not that I really care, I mean, the character was fine, I didn't mind her, but it just felt like they were just, that character was, had to be specifically that, and that's it. Yeah, it's like a super annoying thing, like, it should be based on your talent and skill. That's why the guy they picked is, he's like a, oh, he's from that show, Shameless, and, you know, the way he portrays the character, and, like, he did the motion capture and stuff, it, like, brings the character to life, instead of just picking a random person that, like, you know, it could be anyone, I don't know. But... I mean, at the end of the day, that wasn't the worst part of the movie. That's just something that I happened to notice. Also because, like I was telling Steven, uh, we're in Pride Month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just so happens that this movie came out in Pride Month where one of the main characters is a black lesbian. And the crystal that they got that had the perfect formula was a rainbow-colored, you know, thing. And I was just like, coincidence? I don't think so. That's... Uh, again, the least, I the part of the movie that bothered me the least, but what bothered me is just how boring this movie was. Also, that, that one character. Oh, uh, yeah. Steven, take it away on this one. Tiger Watini's character. Like, like I said, like, it's all, it should be based on talent and, like, your skill to bring a character to life. And Tiger Watini does that in all sorts of ways, especially Thor Ragnarok as Korg. He's a lovable rock monster, and you're like, I'm invested. Like, he's kind of dumb, but he does his best. Whereas the character he plays in this movie is just this bumbling idiot that keeps causing the downfall of their mission to, like, save the save their planner or whatever from Zerg. And he just gets in the way constantly, and, like, the moral of the movie, I guess, was, like, no matter how many mistakes you make, like, always forgive the person and, like, try to strive to make them better. Where it's like, no, like, if you're not suited to do something, then get the fuck out of the way and let someone that knows what they're doing do it, you know? Yeah. It was, like, so annoying, because, like, they, their whole group of people, like, the three of them, like, you could have gone through the whole movie and Buzz could have realized, because at the end, like, the future Buzz, his whole deal was he wanted to take the crystal Buzz had created and go back in time to the, the past, to erase the future that he had created, basically. And Buzz is like, if you do that, then all the life that these people built on this planet will have been erased, and I can't allow you to do that. And it was kind of like in Toy Story, where Buzz is like, if I'm not an actual space ranger, and I'm just a toy, then I'm not important. And they took the same kind of thing with this. He's like, if I'm not a space ranger, then I'm just like everyone else. And Buzz was like, you're still a person, you still matter. And what matters is, like, doing the right thing and, like, forming connections and, like, you know, finding your place in the world. That was, like, the one alright thing with the movie, but it's, like, they shoved so much bullshit in the way, it kind of, like, muddies the whole thing. Yes, and you could have done away with two of those characters. It could have just been Buzz and that Hawthorne's granddaughter. Alicia, I think. Yeah, and it could have been exactly the same movie. Or it could have been just one of those things, like... Okay, of course it sucks. <laughs> they crash land, right? They're there, but also it just so happens to be a planet that Zerg controls, and the the space rangers have to go out and defend the regular people, the civilians, yeah. from Zerg and his forces. That could have been another movie, and it could have been the same thing where like they're struggling to find a, a formula for a crystal to get off the planet, and they finally do. But you know, Zerg's like. I'm gonna find you, Buzz. You know what I mean? They could have done something else. Something. The way that Buzz Lightyear was portrayed in Toy Story is not the Buzz Lightyear that we saw. It's not at all. And honestly, that's our biggest complaint. And it's like they had they had a cartoon about Buzz Lightyear oh, yeah. being a space ranger with other space rangers. That was cool. That was legit. And here, this is just like. 
I just feel like everybody who wrote this movie had no idea what really to do with the character or who the character was. And they were just like, yeah, we'll just tell the story. And it's just, it's garbage. And from what I've read today, Buzz Lightyear isn't doing so well. And Obi-Wan isn't doing so well. There's a lot of things from Disney that aren't doing well because they're writing shit stuff that isn't connecting with the audiences because it's not genuine or true to those characters. And believe me, I wanted nothing more than to, to enjoy this movie. Especially after having watched Morbius and Jurassic World. Yeah, seriously. And having been disappointed with Obi-Wan, I was like, maybe they got this right. And they didn't. I feel like they way missed the mark. And like I said, like the gay and lesbian stuff or whatever, it's like the thing that bothered me the least, but it was just something that I did notice. But the thing that stood out the most was like, we got a tamed down, watered down Buzz Lightyear. Instead of an action-packed movie that I think we deserved. Right. Especially if it was, Toy Story came out in 1995. Yeah. They, like, honestly, sci-fi movies, some of them are not so action-packed. <laughs> But a lot of them are, and this seemed like one of those movies that should have been. And a movie, it, it was just shit. I'm sorry. Right? It's like they didn't like try to connect any story. They like, where did this old buzz come from? They're like, I don't know. What did someone ask? Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bad. Like my favorite character was Socks the Cat. It could have just been a movie of like. Buzz and Socks, where like the turnip gets pulled into the planet and it's about Buzz having to like fight Zerg and or maybe Zerg's chasing after them and they have to crash land on the planet and then Buzz has to save the day because that's what he does. Yeah. It could have been like Buzz and the Commander Hawthorne and maybe like one other space ranger going out there and you know, kicking ass and but Buzz Buzz saves the day ultimately. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways this movie could have gone, but they chose this boring ass movie. And if you disagree with us, I know why you disagree with us. Yes, yes, um, yes. But be respectful. But anyway, you have anything else to say about it? No. Very disappointed. Very disappointed. Like I said earlier, the, they told Woody's story in Toy Story 2, but they just added it into the story of Toy Story because they're like, you know what, maybe we don't need an entire fucking movie to tell his background. We can just kind of like, oh, this is Woody, like, this is what he did. Ultimately, he's just a toy, but like, to the fans and like, kids like Andy, this is what they like about him. And like, we didn't see anything like that for like, that's why when they announced this movie, we were like, whoa, it's going to be like a Buzz Lightyear story of like all his adventures and things he did, and this is why Andy likes that character. And there's no way that Andy would be a fan. All the kids that were like in the theater, they were all crying out of boredom, especially Dominic. Oh, yeah. I wanted to cry. I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> but yeah, so, if, yeah, if you guys get to it, I don't know if Disney's ever going to release that... Uh, the cartoon of him, but if you ever get a chance to see it, if you haven't seen it, you can find it somewhere. Watch it. It's light years sure better than uh, this piece of shit. Buzz Lightyear, Stark Man, yeah. something like that. Anyway, guys, we're done talking about that. I'm done being angry with that bullshit. Yeah. What do we do next? I got a little bit of nerd news for you. Nerd news. So, as you may or may not have heard, Joker Two has been announced. Todd Phillips' new Joker 2 title is called Joker Fully Adieu, which means, um, uh, something. Uh, it's like Folly of Two, I think. Uh, it's French. Uh, it's taken from the medical term delusion or mental illness shared by two people in close association, usually the members of a close family. So this movie is supposed to introduce Harley Quinn and the shared mental illness that the two of those characters have together. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it gets better. It's set to be a musical. Oh my god. 
And guess who they're thinking of casting as Harley Lady Gaga. Yeah. Talks of Lady Gaga to be Harley Quinn. Yeah, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. After seeing Margot Robbie, like, completely destroy that character, like, in a good way, like, she's the perfect guy like, in live action that I, that I see it, I was like, I'm impressed. I don't... I mean, if it's going to be a musical, Lady Gaga is obviously a good choice. Yes. But, I, I don't know, I guess we'd have to see it. Yeah. And we're gonna. So. I know. Okay, I feel like this is a controversial thing. I didn't really like the Joker movie because there was like, how do you know if anything happened to actually happen? Like, his whole thing is like, his mind is delusional. Like, yeah. You go through the movie and then, like, you reality hits and it's like, oh shit, I just imagined this relationship. Right? I don't know. Everyone's like, this is the Martin Scorsese of Joker movies. And I'm like, I'm depressed and have to go to work every day, but I don't fly on the demon and murder everyone and turn into a fucking dream. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I just never saw the appeal. I saw the movie and I was like, oh, that's cool, Chris. What if Bruce Wayne was his dad? But then it turns out his mom was fucking insane. So it's like, I don't know. It was fun. <laughs> I did like the movie, but I understand what Steven said. I just didn't really. Yeah. Uh, the first Joker movie was the fourth highest grossing R-rated movie of all time, and it earned 11 Oscar nominations and won Best Picture and Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix and Best Score for Hilda Gun... Gundier? Gun... Gun... Yeah, so it did really well in the theaters, and people identified with the character a lot, and they liked Joaquin Phoenix. I, th- I didn't think it was a bad movie. I didn't hate it. I just didn't particularly like it. I'm just not a Joker fan to begin with, but I'm not. I thought the movie was dumb, but whatever. For me, I think that people are people saw Heath Ledger's Joker, and everyone's trying to replicate it to some degree, and it's not nothing I feel has ever been as good, Joker wise. Like when we saw the Joker in the in the new Batman movie, it's like, what even is this? Like he's deformed because I mean Batman did something to him or whatever, but he's just so fucking ugly looking, hard to look at, and I just didn't. It wasn't even like a believable thing. And so to me, it's just DC is chasing this Heath Ledger Joker, and I just feel like they need to just completely let that go. Like, listen, that's what he did. Let's stop trying to catch that. Right. Let's just focus on something else. And they did really good with um, the Riddler. The Riddler yeah, was the Riddler was awesome. Time. I and love the Batman movie. Yes, they did Riddler really well. I just really hope that they really take a look at the Joker and make some different, different make things different. Um, anyway, what else you got? Alright, this is interesting to me. Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home is getting a re-release to theaters, and it's going to be called the More Fun Stuff version, and it will be coming back starting September 2nd of this year. Oh. Uh, it's, a, it's supposed to include never-before-seen deleted scenes, along with bonus footage that will extend the runtime by 30 to 40 minutes, making it at least like three hours long. So they're gonna yeah, delete scenes, probably bloopers, I mean. Like all the stuff you get on uh, Blu-ray bonus features thing, they're just like re-releasing. I guess they're like, we gotta make our money back for that Morbius shit, because <laughs> people were making fun of it, we took it as, oh, they're huge fans, let's give the people what they want. No, we did not want it. It was garbage. Yeah, it's, uh, it was not Morbid time for some reason. So yeah. That was all the nerd news Alright. Before we get... Do you want to do this or this? Uh... Is that the list? Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about our favorite dads in, uh, in our media nerd culture that we have. But first, uh, the, guys, uh, the guys here at the studios went ahead and got 
this old fart uh, Father's Day gift because he does such a good job raising people's nephews and stuff. So the fellas and the gals got together and got you this 40th anniversary alien it's xenomorph. A, it's a lovely xenomorph keychain. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Steve. Ah, look at that, guys. Hey, ah, we're together, bitch. guys. It's still an episode. <laughs> uh, Thank you. They let you keep the blow-up doll for the bachelor party. Ooh, I, I don't even know where that thing is. <laughs> I don't even know where the Ouija board is. It's oh. somewhere. That's kind of scary. But all right. <laughs> Anyways, let's hear Adrian's list of colors that were... These are my list of the best dads. Now, I know that my first dad in the show that he's in is not the best, but compared to how other two other TV show dads fared in real life, this guy is really a class act. And that's Al Bundy. Terrible father. Ted Bundy? Al Bundy. Oh, Al. But in real life, unlike that guy from Seventh Heaven and Bill Cosby, he's not a sexual pervert. So there's that. Um, Bob Belcher. Hell yeah. Probably one of the greatest dads you can even ever have, hope to even have, in TV, of course. Um, even though he wasn't her real dad, he did look after her. I'm talking about uh, Simon slash the Ice King in Adventure Time. Him and Marceline were, you know, they were together, and he took care of her, and he fully basically gave himself to the Ice King in order to save Marceline. And that act of love and selflessness makes him an amazing dad. And finally, again, probably not your what you would call a good dad, but I'm gonna say Anakin Skywalker. This guy right here. Good boy. Uh, even though he killed a bunch of kids uh, <laughs> and choked his wife, oh. basically everything he did was to save his wife and his kids. He was a very family-oriented man, and he did everything he could to save his family. Fortunately, obviously, none of that happened. Well, to some degree. Yeah. But he did it out of love. So there you go. What else we got? All right. Well, I, uh, I picked some of my favorite anime dads here. So. Anyway. Oh! First, we got my boy Miyato right here, Naruto's dad was the greatest Hokage of his village and literally sacrificed his life to protect his son and his wife who ultimately died still. But he gave up everything to protect the people he loved and the village he loved. And he's an awesome dad for that. Uh, Lloyd Forger, aka Twilight from Spy Family, he literally became a dad against his will and like had no interest in like raising young Anya, but after looking into those tiny little green eyes and seeing that pink hair, he's like, I gotta be a better dad here. Not just for the mission, but just for her sake, because that's important. It's all about being dead. You gotta sacrifice a part of you to make them better. All sorts of parts of you. Mando from the Mandalorian, another reluctant dad, raising a tiny little green monster that is like a little gremlin with the force and you know he just takes it like most dads do just one day at a time yeah puts his pants on one leg at a time there we are how do he ever get some dress i don't know he just has his underwear on but just the helmet's done <laughs> beer. Um, master splinter yeah. one of our favorite dads where we talked about him and uh, our Ninja Turtles episode. Check that out. Check that out. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Lots of these are dads that just became dads either by accident or reluctantly or just by surprise. Like most all of them, am I right? Ooh. Hey. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dr. Egon Spangler, another guy that literally sacrificed everything to protect his family and the whole world and didn't get any credit till after he was fucking dead. So, yeah. you know, that's how it goes. Uh, Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles. An incredible dad trying to teach his son math even though they changed it and he didn't understand it. But, you know, he did the best he could. He had a jack, he had uh, some jack-jack that like burst into flames and was a monster and could travel the dimensions like Dominic does. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Yoichiro Yukihira from Food Wars. He literally like pushed his son hard every day, and he made him the best in his field because of that. And like he inspired him to become even better than him, and he was there when he needed it most. So yeah. Uh, some honorable mentions: Dale Gribble from King of the Hill. It's too young to realize that's not his real son, yeah. but as far as he's concerned, it is his kid. As far as I'm concerned, it is too. Joseph is a cripple. Yes. And also my boy Ron Swanson right here. Ron enjoys pretty dark-haired women, breakfast food, and above all else, silence. But he gave all of that up to raise his daughters with Xena the Warrior Princess and eventually his own son, whose name was John, I think. John Swanson. So yeah, my boy Rock, man perhaps. For sure. Yeah. Alright. Now the part of this episode that I'm really excited for. Not that the rest okay. of this. Yeah. The meme test. Um, okay. Steve and I did an episode similar to this a while ago called Soundtrack of Our Lives which almost none of you listen to, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine, I mean, we just work hard for you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, this list I feel is going to be not as sad and depressing and, yeah. you know, I don't reveal too much about our lives in this episode. That's <laughs> 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 kind of glad you guys didn't listen to that one. Anyway, um, what inspired this, this list? You came up with this episode. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's one of my all-time favorite Marvel like movies and series, whatever you want to call it. And music plays a huge part in this movie, and the director, James Gunn, in most all of his movies, especially like Suicide Squad, like the music sets the tone for whatever the scene is. Like, whenever there's a huge action scene, or like there's a party, or whatever, um, the music in the background like totally puts you into it and makes you feel like it's not just a movie, like you're experiencing it with these characters. So I figured uh, we'd put together our own list, all uh, Star-Lord, my favorite character, who has a mixtape called His Awesome Mix Volume 1, given to him by his mother, and um, I thought we'd make our own mix of like what we would listen to if we were out in the galaxy. And you only had 10 songs, like he did, that he listened to on his walkman. Yes. Alright, who's going first? Oh, you go first, now you're ready. Alright! So, um, when I was coming up with this list, and I was thinking about music and a playlist, I was like, for me, the nighttime drive and music is just the most amazing thing you could possibly imagine. Windows down, freeze, that whole thing. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. the girl standing up in the front seat just flashing everyone. Ah! <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, so, <clears throat> my first song on here is uh, by Tiesto, Ooh. featuring Kyler England. It's called Take Me. It is a very beautiful song and in this uh, it's called yeah it's called take me in the, the video it's about these two girls driving in the desert and they're just like in love with each other it's, it's, it's beautiful um <clears throat> dj snake featuring justin bieber let me love you uh, i like dj snake um the third one is from one of my favorite movies the terminator it's, uh, it's by Tawny Kane and the Triangles, I think. It's called Burning in the Third Degree. And it's that song they were playing when they're in the tech more dancing. That's how they dance in the 50s, ladies and gentlemen. Number four is Daft Punk's Son of Flynn off the, the Tron Legacy soundtrack. Amazing song. Beautiful. Another music heavy Fuck yeah. Uh, number five, Chris Stapleton, Tennessee Whiskey. Uh, number six, Motorcycle, As the Rush Comes. Um, 
number seven, Kylie Minogue, on a night like this. Number eight, Armin Van Buren, featuring Sophie Ellis Bexter, Not Giving Up on Love. Dirty Vegas, Days Go By, number nine. Okay, this, the Dirty Vegas, this song, if you guys know, you know. It was the song for an Eclipse commercial, the song, the car uh, Eclipse, and like it, it was, they were on a nighttime drive, and the girl in the passenger seat was like arm dancing like this. Is I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and number ten is Black Mill, Black Mill featuring Vila, I think. Let it be. Um, most of the songs on here are electronic music and I really like electronic music. My first love is country and then it's electronic music. I remember one time I told this guy how beautiful I thought electronic music was and he kind of laughed at me because when you think of like electronic music you're like techno it's like and for the most part it's true but there's also songs in there that are just like I don't know how to say it like the DJ puts everything together perfectly. Oh, like another one. Um, oh my God. Afrojack's Take Over Control. Oh my God, that song is amazing. I remember Afrojack did a, he was doing an interview and he, he played his set and after his set was done, people were cheering, but he thought they were cheering for another DJ. He was, they're like, dude, go back out there. They're calling your name. He's like, no, they're, they're talking about him. And then he's like, they are talking about me. And like I I believe this that that song that I just said, Take Over Control was a song that pushed him into the into starter. Not starter, he was already kind of famous, but you know what I mean? the mainstream. Yes, it's the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Though those are my songs are mostly electronic except for Burning in the Third Degree and Tennessee Whiskey. They're all great songs, all good for a night drive in my opinion. If you never heard of any of those, please write them down, take a listen, go for a drink. Take a look, uh, take, take, take a listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright. I tried to base mine around songs that I love a lot and I listen to constantly and that I wouldn't most likely get sick of. But I also tried to base it sort of how uh, that movie has it because the story is that his mom would make him her make a playlist of popular songs from when she was a kid for him to enjoy and I tried to pick songs that if someone was to hear them they'd be like well like, like that's like what defines this guy I guess the Star-Lord character Steven Star-Lord <laughs> so my first one this song is one of my all-time favorites. I love him. love this band a lot. And it's called The Adults Are Talking by The Strokes. And uh, it's really good. Like, it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, it doesn't really feel like it has a genre you could classify it in. But it's really long, but not too long. And it just, like, pumps you up the entire time. Like, it never feels like it drowns down. Um... Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Christian Burgess. Uh, that's like a super popular song, especially from like 80s movies where they're like always playing that. If you remember it, then you know. Those who know, know. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Come on Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners. I'll come in, Eileen. Thank ah, you. Ah, ah, bitch. Now Jesus. Yeah. Hey, that one hits home a lot because it's from one of my favorite movies, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and that's another music-heavy movie. And that's a song where it like, inspires the main character to like, kind of come out of a shell and be like, you know, maybe it don't have to be a wallflower. I can be a people flower. <laughs> and yeah. And those flowers people pick and they well, die. And then he wilts in the car. No, he was trying to pick Emma Watson's flower. And I was like, oh. Um, Leave the Door Open by Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. That's all is, uh, you know, it's got themes and such, but it's really good. Bruno Mars is a talented artist, and yeah, that's where I really get sad. Uh, 
uh, pulling the butterfly wings by the Smashing Pumpkins. I have met very few people that like the Smashing Pumpkins because they're super weird and the guy looks like he has cancer. But like all their songs are amazing to me. Ever since I was in like middle school, I've been huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. I was in love with the Asian girl from Gilmore Girls because like she was this punk rock man, and I was like, um, as it was by Harry Styles. I'm not a huge like pop music fan, but that song is really good. It's just like remembering past relationships, I guess, where it's like those are good times, but like it's not the same now because uh, people change and time marches on. But it's fun to like sit down and reminisce sometimes. But sometimes you gotta kill your wife and go to jail, so <laughs> you're thinking about it while you're getting raped by a big neo-Nazi and you're like, this is not how it was. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I Love You So by The Walters. Uh, it's kind of a sad, sort of indie song, but it's really good and I like it. It's sort of about a guy that's like, like singing to a girl that like broke his heart and he's like saying like, uh, I hope you hurt as much as you hurt me one day, but I'm like, I gotta let you go and forget about you because, like, even though it's fucked up what happened, like, I gotta focus on myself and move on with my life. Um, Possum Kingdom by the Toadies. Uh, I recently learned the meaning behind the song, it's super fucked up. I guess it's about, like, the serial killer that, like, stalks and murders this girl. And like he's talking about how he's gonna like preserve her and like take care of her and he swears to God like he'll do everything to like make her feel good, but uh, it's super But the song itself, it sounds really good. And if you don't know the meaning, you're like, I'm enjoying the shit out of this. So yeah, just I want give you it a to listen. I want you to know he said that when you listen to this playlist, <laughs> it's basically, oh, this is what he was really about. Murder. Yes. Okay. I've been mortally wounded and I want to murder everyone. That's what it is. Uh, Buy Me a Boat by Chris Jansen. It's one of my all-time favorite country songs. It's how most all dads feel I've met. Like, we all just, like, want to hit that lottery jackpot or, like, have a rich relative die and just buy it and give us a bunch of money. And the song's about, like, even if I have a lot of money, it's not gonna like buy me happiness eternally, but it'll at least buy me a boat, and that'll give me short time happiness, because I can just spend all day fishing and drinking beer and not have to worry about anything. It's true moral of a lot of country songs. Just want to like enjoy the days and just hang out, relax. Yeah. And the last one is 3005 by Childish Gambino. Uh, when I heard his Rap style, it was totally insane because, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't all about himself and making money and, like, having bitches out at the club. It's just, like, telling different stories and it's, like, totally unique. Like, only he sounds like he does. I don't, there's no way to describe it. Like, you have to hear it yourself. He's a totally unique artist, but his music's insanely awesome. It's alright. So, I think. If you're not old, is uh, this guy over here? <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, those are uh, ten songs that I really enjoy and that I have on my awesome mix, Volume One. Yes, I listen to music pretty much twenty-four seven. I have like over ten thousand songs and playlists on Spotify. I love music, podcasts, and doing this. So, yes. Awkward silence. Uh, uh, yes, I do. So, the music that we just shared with you, um, a lot like the soundtrack to our lives, very personal, in-depth thing. Um, I don't listen to music as much as I used to listen to it, um, because I just have other things going on in my life. Kind of always just like, man, I want to fucking listen to some, some Kylie Minogue right now. But, um, like when I was uh, making this list, I was going through a bunch of songs and I was like, would this make it on my list? Is this good enough to just be on that nighttime drive? And I was like, man, I went, I went through a lot of songs 
uh, and I was like, man, I listen to all these songs, and at some point in my life, this song really stood out to me, and it meant something to me. So when we made these videos about music and our favorite dads, it's just like a part of us. Yeah. And I know we don't have like a huge audience, but those of you that do listen, like, thank you for letting us share our lives with you guys. And uh, thank you for sharing your mom with me. Ugh. So, <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, I don't know. Who else do you want to talk about? Uh, on the note of sharing moms, I wanted to uh, take a moment of silence for this guy, this voice actor, who's famously done lots of voices for video games and anime, and he's won the fourth uh, uh, most, I don't know, he won the award for like best voice actor in anime at the, Crunchyroll, the fourth Crunchyroll Awards, and his name was Billy Kamitz. Uh, he was 35 years old, and recently he announced that he was suffering from colon cancer, and he was going to be taking a break from his work. And some of the stuff that he's been in is uh, Naofumi Itawani from Rising of the Shield Hero. Naofumi Eats Your Mommy? Uh, Naofumi? That's gross. <laughs> he was in Attack on Titan, Boruto, Demon Slayer, and Neon Genesis Evangelion. Which is funny to see because, like, his... He plays a lot of main characters now, and in that show, he's like a minor side character. So it's like, you gotta start somewhere. Well, yeah, uh, it's so sad when like a person that brings something to the industry passes away, and that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, it's not, it shouldn't be about trying to fit a stereotype or check boxes off of a chart when you try to bring a character to life in popular movies or TV shows or video games. It should be about, you know, um, using the source material and like bringing the right kind of stuff to the table. You know? Don't try to conform to what everyone else wants to see, whether it's popular or not. Do what you know is the right thing to do and the right people will come and be more fans of it. Yeah, just like uh, what's Miss Miss Marvel that just came out? Oh yeah, and it's it's bombed. And I was listening. I don't really know anything about the character, but I was listening to a, pod, uh, a YouTuber oh, yeah. that knows about. It. Uh, I can't I can't remember the name of the show. His name's Eric. Yeah. And uh, he's saying that they had to totally change everything about this character before they brought her to the big to the to TV. And her everything about her origin, her powers, and everything, they threw that away, and they gave her a whole new set of powers. And they still, it still didn't work. So to me, it's like at the same time, you should be able to know what is going to work and what isn't going to work. If you have to totally rewrite your character so you think it might work, maybe you should just not use that character. Like I don't know. I just feel like they're just trying to shove a bunch of stuff down our throat that we don't want. And if we don't want it, let's show them that we don't want it and make them do stuff that we do care about, that we do like. Like, I don't give a shit if a woman is the main character of a movie. I fucking love Wonder Woman. And Rogue One, it's fair. And Rogue One, I love The Terminator. That movie is about Sarah Connor. You know, uh, Alien with with Ripley. The female is not the problem. It's the story that that female is put in. That is a problem. And we need, I don't have a problem with strong females. We had made an episode about strong females in sci-fi. And it's possible you guys are just lazy about it. You're, you just think that, oh, here's a strong female. Everyone's going to relate to it. We'll just be lazy about it. And people will come watching it. Nobody comes to watch those movies. And then they get mad because, oh, you guys are just a bunch of asshole men that just want to be. It's like, that's not, that's not what it is. You made a shitty movie, you half-assed it, yeah. and you were banking on your star power to make this movie happen, and it didn't happen. So, fuck you, bitch. Oh. But yeah. So, there you go, guys. I just want you all to know that we appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. 
I know. Yes, I know we're a little late. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what else you got? Uh, I just have watch if you can. I remember Father's Day is the day to remember to send out those child support checks. That's all it is. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I get, I got a couple of comic books that I shared with Adrian recently because I went with a friend to a comic store, and one of them I had heard about on the Weekly Pan- Weekly Planet podcast, and it's called Batman Fortress. And so far, from what I can tell, the story follows Batman and Gotham, and it's about. Like the entire world, all the powers like shut off everywhere, so there's no communications or any way to get in contact. And uh, I guess the Justice League has been brought together, but Superman is a no-show. Like everything's falling to pieces, and you know how people are in Gotham. Like the power goes out, and they just start to fucking riot. So it's up to Batman to like uh, delegate tasks to the Justice League and also save and protect Gotham. Um, DC versus Vampires. This one is actually pretty interesting. When I was reading the beginning of it, I was like, this is kind of cheesy. But then you would like get this big twist at the end, and you're like, oh, there's a couple of the twists. And it's really good. I think you should read it. It's pretty good. Uh, I also recently watched the Mortal Kombat movie, and it still fucking holds up. That beginning scene with Hanzo Hasashi versus fucking Sub-Zero, I almost said Iceman for some reason. Yeah, that is awesome. And also strong female characters, fucking Sonya Blade, she's pretty badass in that movie, and like, all the characters in that movie. That's a perfect way of showing like you could take old stuff and, you know, renew it into something new. Just like what Lightyear should have been, but it wasn't that. Quick Top Gun. Top Gun. I'm going to keep coming back to Top Gun. Yeah, that was the next one. Top Gun. Shit. That movie was fucking insane. Best movie I've seen all year at the theater so far. It was the best. Can't stress that enough. No. It was fucking good. It was was better than Doctor Strange. Yeah. It was. yeah, like like I think I told you when we reviewed it the first time, you don't even have you didn't even have to watch the first movie to understand everything that was in this movie. Nope. They had high stakes. They had a, I feel a love uh, age appropriate love interest for Tom Cruise. Uh, uh, Jennifer Connelly absolutely looked amazing in this movie. Um, the music was good. The tension between Rooster and Maverick was amazing. The tension between Hangman and the whole group was amazing. Yeah. It was a fucking good movie. And I, I loved it. And you know what? Chris Evans and Kiki Palmer said thank you to the audience. Oh, yeah. It didn't feel as good or as genuine as when Tom Cruise did. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I like Chris Evans, bro. I didn't like the thank you. It was just not also, they weren't even in like the same room together. It was like they shot Chris. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like why couldn't you have these two main characters like together saying thank you to us? It, to me, that was just too much. But Maverick is the standard from here, from going forward, as far as st- storytelling and everything. That's the standard going forward for us as far as this summer movie schedule goes. I put a nice bow on everything. They were like. Alright, Rooster and Prude's gonna be the next Maverick now. They're like, this is just an interesting story, and then that's that. Like, not everything's a fucking cash grab franchise. There's not gonna be three Mavericks, three fucking whatever you want to call it, like, three Top Guns. Like, this is the movie, and that's it, you know? We've forgotten how to just, like, go to the movie and see the movie, and then, you know, we don't have to wonder, like, ooh, what happened? Who fucking cares? <laughs> Except for the Mission Impossible movies. Those movies are fucking legit yeah. from beginning to end. And I can't wait for the next two that are coming out. Fuck yeah. So there you go. I spent in terms of that one. It's nice. So it's like, you know, that was it. That will go up. But yeah. And uh, we've seen a lot of movies in summer too. Fuck yeah. Every time a movie comes out, we pretty much go. <laughs> uh, Spy Family, my favorite anime still. Still awesome. Attack on Titan. I'm finally watching the fourth season, and oh my god, it's fucking insane. I know I'm a little late to the party on it, 
that I've been watching tons of other stuff and doing this, but it's so good. I wish my friend here was more enlightened to the East or wherever the fuck, the Rising Suns, <laughs> the greatest contribution to this world. But it is what it is. Uh, I do watch Godzilla, thank you. Oh. oh. Demon Slayer season two, super good. Makio, that's my new waifu, just saying. She's a ninja, she's so hot. Uh, Beastars, that's a great Netflix anime. When you think Netflix, you're like, oh, shitty uh, live action anime adaptations. But this one, not live action, but it's just really good. And it's surprising that it came from Netflix. And then finally, Rising of the Shield Hero, calling back my boy Billy Kamitz. He's the main character in that show now for me, and it's really good. So good Isekai if you're into those genre. And yeah. Did you want to talk Obi-Wan or wait until the end? I want to talk a little bit about Obi-Wan because I think the show is a little longer than we normally do, but that's fine. So <laughs> we watched the, the fifth episode, right? Again, the cheapness is so bad. Um, the only good part about this show was Darth Vader. Uh, Obi-Wan, when he was using his lightsaber, seemed really... He didn't really use a lightsaber as much, did he? I think he did. He used it for like two seconds and then he left it in the pile of other lightsabers, I think. Yeah. It was just... He's so slow with it. Yeah. And to me, it's like Disney's giving... Like, they're on a budget. Like, man, we don't have enough budget for this lightsaber. <laughs> yes. Um... I was hoping for this whole show that we would have constant flashbacks of him and Anakin, and we don't get that. We finally get that in this episode, but Anakin looks like he's 105 years old <laughs> and not a Padawan. Um, I fucking hate the third sister character so much. She's so slow with everything. Okay, when they're on that stupid planet or whatever, and you know the fucking stormtroopers break in, they're walking into the the hangar, yeah. it feels like it takes forever. I mean, there's a lot of stormtroopers, but there isn't like a lot of stormtroopers. They're all going in, and there's this one scene where the third sister's in the hangar, but then they cut to another scene, and she's had, she's not even in the hangar yet. She's still trying to walk in. It's cheap. It's so bad. It just feels like it feels like Disney, Star Wars, Captain Kennedy. They're just like, who cares? Ewan McGregor's in it, we're gonna say that Hayden Christensen's in it. These people are gonna fucking throw money at us, they're gonna watch this show. I'm watching this show because I'm trying to, re I wanna review it, and I really wanna give you guys an honest take from, from Star Wars fans. Yeah. And I don't like it. No, no. They're fucking killing one of the greatest characters Star Wars has ever made. And it's pissing me off, Steven. Yeah, same, like, that's like they're trying to do this thing where it's like Obi-Wan's basically an old man now where it's like, it's only been 10 years, like he might be a little rusty but he's not fucking old man yet. And there's just like so many stupid things, like the whole, they put a tracker at Lola, like no one has two seconds to be like, oh, why is Lola's eyes red instead of blue or whatever. And the fact that the third sister is like, Oh, where were you, Obi-Wan, when all of us younglings were being killed? It's like, what was he gonna do? Like, go and fucking stop Anakin? Like, you could have stopped him. You were a fucking child, I guess. But. Yeah, Obi-Wan was fucking trying to kill General Grievous. Yeah, he's trying to giant lizard bitch. What were you doing? Yeah. He was attacked by clones. He couldn't. Fuck you, Reva. Yeah, uh, you know this. Like, you saw everyone else being killed. Like,. And then the the last time we reviewed it, I, the question I had was like, is she trying to become like a powerful Sith or is she like mad at Darth Vader for whatever for killing him? And obviously we got the answer. Like she wants to like take revenge on Anakin and like try to kill him, but she's already seen Darth Vader is ten times stronger than not even, like, a thousand times stronger than she is or ever will be. And the fact that she thought that she was gonna, like, sneak attack Darth Vader was just hilarious. The fact that he doesn't even fight her with the lights there, he's just, like, dancing around her, and he's like, get the fuck out of here, and, like, 
gives her her weapon, and he's like, you're gonna die, you stupid bitch. And then, like, he stabs her through the heart, and you're like, oh, right, she's dead. But then she crawls over and picks up the little communicator, and is like, oh, someone's on Tatooine. How would I know it's Luke Skywalker? I don't know. They made it seem like she's like, oh, if I take this to Vader, maybe he'll forgive me or something. I'm assuming. I don't know. And then Vader's like, yeah, I knew you were going to do this the whole time. Right? Fuck you, bitch. I'm the most powerful force user in the galaxy right now. You can tell I'm like, I already know. Those who know, know, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, even before his turn to the dark side, he was a very powerful Jedi. Yeah. He was, I don't even know how to explain it. He was, he was good. He was he, the chosen one. Yeah. And for you to just be like, yeah, I got him. You never had him. It's... Ugh. I'm honestly disappointed that they didn't bring Qui-Gon in at all as a force ghost. Because, like, multiple times Obi-Wan's been like, Master, I need your advice. And even Yoda at the end of Revenge of the Sith is like, I'm going to teach you, or I'm going to give you homework to learn how to communicate with force ghosts while you're in your exile on Tatooine. And it's like, we got none of that. Obviously, Obi-Wan just sat in a cave and, like, cut up fucking whale blubber for ten years and just said, well, fuck the forest. I gotta protect this kid. How am I gonna do that? I have no idea. Hopefully no one comes for him in 18 years. The end. Yeah, it was... Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith is not the Obi-Wan we get in this movie. No, no. And, like, I get it. He's upset about Anakin, but as a Jedi, you're learned to like, like Yoda said, like, you should be grateful that, you know, that they were alive, but now they can be all around us all the time as yeah, the living force, not having material possessions or things holding you down. And so that's why it doesn't make sense to me why he's so upset about Anakin, you know what I mean? And I get, like, he it's a shock and surprise that Anakin's alive. But he shouldn't be some mopey-ass pussy fucking doing nothing. That's not who Obi-Wan is. And I, there's so many people like, oh man, it's such a good show. But... More about it is good, nothing. Yeah. Darth Vader, that's it. Why are you kidding? James Earl Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah, James Earl Jones fucking killing it, always. But we should be celebrating James Earl Jones here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, flowers, like real. And... He's just, they sucked him into a shitty show. Yeah. He, they sucked Hayden Christensen and Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan, <laughs> and Ewan McGregor into the shitty show. Yeah, like, when he was doing interviews about the show, he was like, it was, like, kind of disheartening to see that everyone was hating us and the characters we brought to life all these years ago, and I wouldn't have wanted to do a show like this back then, but I'm glad we could do it now. And it's like, were you just saying that, or did you not know it was gonna be a piece of shit like that. Like, are you at home like us? Like, what the fuck is this? Or were you like, well, this is good, I'm gonna jump on this. You're paying me $10 million? Hell yeah. Look, I, I can't remember his name. The guy that plays Boba Fett was so upset with his character. He's like, I want the old Boba Fett back. And I agree. You need a fucking bat, even though he's older, he should still be a bad motherfucker, not the, oh, uh, they're shooting at me, and we're just gonna wait and see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fennec is like, you need to fucking kill them, bro. Right? They're right there. Nah, don't worry about them. They just, like, threw pigs wood on their suit. Nah, we're going to take really clean this. <laughs> They're fucking... It's the pussification of classic badass characters. Nice. It's pissing me off. It's so sad. And these are characters we care about. These are characters we grew up with. These are characters that my dad shared with me. You know? And... I'm so glad that my dad isn't around to see this shit. I'm so pissed. Anyway, I got nothing to share with you guys as far as, you know, shows to watch. Oh, that's not true. I... This isn't a show that I would go out of my way to watch, but Stephanie watches it, so, like, I kind of watch it, too. <laughs> this is us. Dude, that show... Fuck, bro. If you like crying, you watch the show. <laughs> oh, like it's so crazy. Like when Mandy Moore first came out, she was this pop singer with like an okay song, 
And now she's just like this super amazing actress. It's, it's crazy. That's all I got, guys. What do you got? Uh, that's all I got. I don't really watch crime drama shows. I don't watch anime. Weep for life! <laughs> His parents are crying. So ah! <laughs> yeah, when I came out there, that's a weave from the basement. They were like, just go back there. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, thank you to Audio Disconnect for our music. And thank you for more people seeing and liking our show. I guess you guys prefer this uh, visual thing where you want to see our faces, but you just like take a little X, you put on a popsicle stick, and put it on Adrian's face. Ah. I'm ah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening and watching. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Nerd Holocron. Uh, let us know what you want to see more of. We got to meet some fans recently when we went to the movies. Thank you for the invite and purchasing tickets and popcorn for us. Yes. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah. Um, thanks, guys. Um, that's it. Steven, take us out. Uh, remember to keep that high ground. And no matter what, whether you're a man, woman, or child, always be a man. All right, guys. See you later. Bye.